I also felt tonight we needed to pray for identity. You don't need to be someone else. So why you keep comparing yourself to someone else? God created you to be you. And in Psalm 139 verse 14, it says you are fearfully and wonderfully weighed. You are not an accident. You were deliberately made and you were made to be you. And tonight I feel we need to pray as a community about that. So if you'd like to pray your heads, Lord, I thank you so much that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. I thank you, Lord, that we aren't made to be someone else, but you've intrinsically and specifically designed each of us to be who you've called us to be. And I pray right now, Father, that we have a fresh revelation of that right as we're sitting here in this moment, Lord. That as we walk out of the doors this week, not only will we carry the presence of God with us, but we'll carry the identity of Christ with us as well. We'll understand that our identity is not ourselves, but it is you, Lord. But we'll understand, Lord, that you made us to be us. I pray you continue to grow us, Father. Help us to stop looking at all those people around us, Lord, and help us to focus in and spend time with you. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Andy, you can grab a chair now, mate. The, that part's done. Can we give Andy a massive round of applause? Look, I, I'm not known for excess in the church, but I just want to point out Andy has not one, not two, but three keyboards tonight. Yeah. So my goodness, I thought we'd suddenly, I'd walked into a prog metal gig. That's really how I felt when I walked in there. I thought, my goodness, am I about to hear Dream Theatre played at me full pace? And you could do it, Andy. So one week, I release you to do that. But we'll wait till Pastor Charles is in here. That's a joke. Relax, everyone. <laughs> so I'm very, very excited to be speaking to you all tonight as well. And I actually preached this message on Friday night to a whole bunch of youth kids that were in the room as well. So we had 103 kids, representative of three different denominations and six different youth groups in this room. And my goodness, was that a powerful night because myself and Dave are reflecting upon it. Something truly powerful happens when we cross denominational lines. When we're not here for denomination, we're here for kingdom. Something huge moves and I feel this word is just applicable to all of us here tonight. It was those youth on Friday night. So if you're taking notes, which you should be, no jokes, the title of my message tonight is this, can I have the Wi-Fi password, please? Turn to the person next to you and say, I promise it's not random. Gee, the youth kids were more keen to talk, but I think that's because they were mostly boys and they were sitting next to pretty girls, but that would never happen at a youth event. So give me a wave if you've never heard of Wi-Fi before. Not one hand went up. Well done, you're doing... No, one did go up. Paige, put that hand down. <laughs> There's always one youth group kid in the crowd and you ask a rhetorical question, they go, it's me. And we know who that was tonight. But in all seriousness, we've all heard of Wi-Fi. It's essentially we can connect our phones up to our internet, which is a great thing. Because let's be honest, how many of us have downloaded a few too many data packs and the phone bill comes and next minute you've got a $250 phone bill? Is that just me? Oh, it's actually Samuel because he likes watching Golden State basketball. But, he's a, but I'm not going to name names tonight. So, but in short, Wi-Fi is awesome. We get Wi-Fi on our phones, our computers, our games consoles of choice. Heck, we can even get Wi-Fi on our fridges. And I'm not even making that last one up. Sambo, throw the slide up. Bam! Look at that. That is a fridge, a Samsung family hub. Can be yours for $4,999. Yep, we're just going to leave that one linger for a little bit. But you can literally get Wi-Fi on your fridge. Does anyone else think that's just insane or is that just me right now? I mean, look, I went to Kaisercraft with my wife. I'm not beyond saying that I like to go stationary shopping with Talisha. And we bought a fridge magnet that cost me $2.50. 
When you combine that with my $200 fridge, I've saved myself $4,800. So take that, Samsung. But Wi-Fi is literally everywhere. No matter where we go, Wi-Fi is nearly always with us. I mean, I'm too afraid to ask, but I'm sure there are heaps of you in here tonight jacking the church's Wi-Fi. Give me an amen if that's you. Yes, I, I heard those amens. That's true, Maxie. But how many of us know the origin story of Wi-Fi? I did tell you, Pastor Charles. Put your hand out if you're here on Friday night. But to find out this story, I went to the source of all knowledge in the world. I went to Google, which I funnily enough accessed by using my Wi-Fi. So like all great tales, there are many versions of events and many people trying to claim that they were the originators of Wi-Fi. I mean, heck, when I was discussing this this week, Dave claimed to have invented Wi-Fi, but he wasn't even born yet. Hold on. Lord, your presence is here. You've given me a sign. We've got to preach good. My goodness. So for all those listening on the podcast, everyone just got asked for the Wi-Fi password. Hashtag conspiracy. But so anyway, I thought, let's find out the story behind Wi-Fi. Let's get the origin story because they're always my favourite superhero movies. So all my research pointed to a guy named Vic Hayes who was considered to be the godfather of Wi-Fi because he made an offer you couldn't refuse. But he was leading the team at the time that created some important steps for wireless networks to run. But like everything, it needed some Australians to come along and sort it out. Can I get an amen? Amen. You could tell this is being preached in Australia. So in 1996, Dr. John O'Sullivan and his team, whilst working on a project to prove that black holes aren't in fact black, which is pretty cool amongst of itself, discovered that large amounts of data could be sent wirelessly without loss. When they combined that with a wireless network, Wi-Fi as we know it today was born. And I thought, what a moment in history. I wonder if Dr. John and his team truly knew the monumentous moment that that was. That humanity would never be the same after that invention in 1996. I mean, never mind the $420 million that made the CSIRO who Dr. John was working for at the time. But it's estimated that by 2020, there will be 40 billion Wi-Fi devices in existence. That's a pretty sobering thought that when you consider there are 7.8 billion humans on Earth as of July last year. What a moment in history. But let's zoom in for a second and let's think about what we need to make Wi-Fi work. For Wi-Fi to work, you need a few things. You need a Wi-Fi capable device that can receive the signal. You need a router that can transmit the signal and you need a connection to the source. If you have all those things working, you have the internet via Wi-Fi on your phone and literally you have unlimited knowledge in the palm of your hand. It really is crazy to think about that when you stop for a second. Anything you could dream is in the palm of your hand when you're connected to Wi-Fi. But it's not always smooth sailing when streaming internet via Wi-Fi. And you all know where this is going. How many times have you jumped into bed, you've grabbed your iPod, you've wriggled around, you've found that perfect spot, you've opened up the YouTube app, you've searched for a video, usually involves the word fail because they're hilarious. You load it, you're like, this is going to be sick. And then all of a sudden it stops. And you get the buffer wheel. You know, pastor. And then the Hungry Jacks ad begins to play, but then the buffer wheel comes back. And then you sit there because you're like, Lord, patience is a virtue. And then this pops up on the screen. An error occurred. Please try again later. Give me a wave if you've been there. Or how about when you get, how about when you get home from work, you get down, you sit down, you open up your Bible, you have your devotional time. 
who are we kidding in here? You get home, you sit on the couch, you fire up Netflix, the video plays for a little bit, then it stops. And then it plays for a little bit more and you get excited and then it stops. And then you think we've punched through, there would have been enough buffering by now and then it stops some more. And then, then Netflix says to you, this video is not available at this time. Hands up if you understand where I'm preaching from right now. It's super annoying. And we haven't even opened the Bible yet, Pastor Charles. So imagine what that's going to be like. But why does this happen? I hear you cry out in anguish. Well, there are a few reasons that Wi-Fi doesn't work. It could be because there are so many other devices on the network that they're causing interference. Or it could be simply because of the fact that you're so far away from the router, the Wi-Fi signal gets weaker and weaker and weaker. And if we could be honest with each other here tonight, that could be us and our relationship with God. We could be that device that is not running at full speed because we are so far away from our Heavenly Father who just desires to have a relationship with us. There are so many things coming at us from all directions that's causing interference that we seem to not be able to push through and connect with God. And I'm going to be real with all of you here tonight as well. I've been there. But tonight I wanted to let you know this. You are loved. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. And I wanted to explore with all of you tonight three ways that we can connect with God again, or in some cases reconnect. But before we get into word, I'd love to pray. Father, thank you so much that we can all gather here tonight, not even as a community, Father, but as a family of believers sitting in this room right now. I thank you that your presence is here and it's speaking to us even right now as we pray, Father. I thank you that the words that I'm about to speak, Lord, please don't let them be mine, but let them be yours, Father. Let words permeate hearts and souls tonight, Lord, that you've divinely appointed. We love you so much, Lord. Amen. So if you have a physical Bible here with you tonight, you get extra points because you're extra spiritual. Thank you, Jackie. I see that Bible. But for the rest of you, fire up your smartphones and let's turn to John 15 verses 1 to 5 and it will be on the screen as well. So John chapter 15 verses 1 to 5 reads, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch of me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. This passage of scripture is a part of Jesus' farewell discourse. And what a passage of scripture it is. I am the true vine. And my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And here's a kicker. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Imagine this with me, if you will, for a second. I am the true vine. Jesus is the transmitter. My father is the vine dresser. God is the source. I am the vine. You are the branches. We are the receivers. My first point tonight on how you can connect back in or for some of us reconnect with God as well is this, that if you're taking notes, which of course you all would be because your phones are out right now, is this, point number one, unplug, spend time with God. It almost seems the opposite of all this talking about Wi-Fi and vines and branches and all that sort of stuff, doesn't it? But let me pose this question to all of you here tonight and I want you to really think about it. When was the last time you simply turned off your phone? I'm not talking about when it goes flat. 
when was the last time you really pulled it out, hit the power button and turns it off? Here is another crazy question. How many times during this message so far have you checked your phone or received a notification? A study conducted by Decibel Research in 2017 found that the average Australian, so you and I, spends two and a half hours a day on our smartphone, which doesn't sound like a lot, but when you times that by 365 days in a year, you come up with a figure of just over 916 hours in a year. Translate that into days and you have spent 38 days of your year just on your phone. Very sobering thought, isn't it, right there? I read that and that literally blew my mind. 38 full days of the year. Then think about how much we sleep. All of a sudden, that huge amount of time we've got is getting smaller and smaller. So let me pose this question then. Over the last week, how much time have you spent in prayer? It got, just got pretty quiet in here and it did on Friday night as well. So John chapter 15 verse four reads, Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. Imagine if we turned off our phones for just five minutes and in that five minutes we spent that time in prayer to God just thanking Him. Yeah. Not asking for anything, just sitting there thanking Him. Imagine what that would do to the way we thought, to the way we respond to things as well. And I know a few of you are sitting here going, oh, here we go, another preacher who's anti-technology. Hear my heart, I am not anti-technology. I love my iPhone. I love my 4K Netflix, and boy, do I love high-speed internet. But I know that these things are nothing compared to God in heaven. Technology is a tool, not an idol. Abide in me. And it's not even this crazy super spiritual thing. There are scientific benefits to unplugging. Even if just for a little bit, and I know that for some of us, this whole thought of unplugging is truly making you uncomfortable. But one of the things that really made me stop and go, well, it's scientifically proven that if you unplug, you will have a better night's sleep. How many people in this room struggle to go to sleep at night? Give me a wave, we can all be honest in there. Thank you for the four or five honest people in the room. What is the last thing you look at before you go to bed at night? Good answer, Judd. That's a man who's been married for a long time. Pastor, this is a sermon. <laughs> I'm not going to dive off on that tangent that's just presented itself, but uh, well done, well done. Well, one of the best things that I ever chose to do, funnily enough, around the time that I was going to be married as well, Brother Judd, is that I chose to charge my phone over the other side of the room. Because do I really need to respond to a notification that I receive at 11.30 at night? When was the last time you simply unplugged? The other benefit that I wanted to briefly touch on was that unplugging improves our communication and friendship with those around us. Let's get a little bit more real with each other for tonight because that's going to be the theme of tonight, getting and keeping it real. How many times have you been sitting in a conversation with someone, usually over a coffee, you've said your piece and then they start to talk, then all of a sudden your phone appears out of it and you're scrolling through Facebook or Instagram? Let me pose this question to you tonight. Would you start to read a book mid-conversation? Would you? Unplugging helps us to be present in the moment with that person and it helps us be in that moment. We were created to be in meaningful relationships with friends, family and God. So why do we only give our friends, family and God distracted time? Abide in me and I in you. Connect or reconnect with God this week by unplugging for 5, 10 or even 15 minutes. When you think about the 38 days you're most likely got to spend on your phone, it's not a lot, is it? 
But trust me, when you spend five, 10 or even 15 minutes just thanking God for a year's, you watch how your relationships change with those around you. You watch how technology will no longer become an idol, but it will become a tool to you. So how are we all traveling? That was only the first point. Imagine what the next two are like. You could imagine what the youth kids were like on Friday night. The Pentecostals were looking at me going, he's doing good. And the Anglican kids were looking at me going, whoa. So that's all right. They saw the tattoos. But anyway, we're moving on from there. So my second point was, so don't unplug just yet. Write this in your phones. Read the instructions. Know your Bible. I am not known for reading the instructions. Just let me put that out there. I am known for having, if you're not living on the edge, you're taking up too much room attitude when it comes to life. I look at a diagram, I see numbers, I see letters, and I think, why is this person trying to kill my creative flair? I'm just going to wing it. About 30 minutes in, my father's words echo into my head, my earthly father's words. Geordie, you don't know how to use tools. And by that point, I'm so far past the point of no return, I can't remember what it looked like when I went past it. So I keep going. And I will prove that to you all a bit later on, don't worry. And if we could be honest, a lot of us in this room have that attitude as well. We have that we don't need to read the instructions, we're just going to work it out as we go along. And that's not just something when it comes to building things, fixing things, or even how to make two-minute noodles. Bit of a side tangent here. If you want to know the secret to perfect two-minute noodles, cook them for three minutes. I've just changed your life, thank me later. But we have this attitude where we don't need to read the instructions. We'll just make it up as we go along. And if we could be brutally honest, this could be us when it comes to reading the Bible as well. We don't need to read the instructions. John chapter 14, 15 reads, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. But for this particular verse, I actually loved how the message puts it. And it puts it like this. If you love me, show it by doing what I've told you. Pretty straight down the line, isn't it, that one? If you love me, show it by doing what I've told you. But how can you do something if you've never heard it or read it? Tonight, I wanted to give you a practical demonstration of what happens, well, in my case, when I didn't read the instructions. Dave, my man, give him a round of applause as he comes up. Wheel over the chest of drawers, Dave. Thank you very much. You all think I'm setting up for a magic trick here, don't you? I've just realised something's gone missing out of that day, but we'll see if this still works. Just hopefully they're in there. Hold on. Work safe, work safe. Oh, look at that. Give them a round of applause. I'm so happy we're not filming this sermon right now because we would have been in big trouble. It was a two-man lift. So as you can see, we have a simple chest of drawers. It's white in colour. Got some, was this from Ikea? It was from Ikea. You're all thinking, gee, that's a plain looking chest of drawers, Geordie. Well, guess what? It's office furniture. Who really cares that much? But I need a volunteer. I'm going to get Pastor Nathan Aaron because he knows what's coming up. So give Pastor Nathan a round of applause. So Nathan, you're not allowed to ruin this. So come over this side, please. So, first of all, what is your name, person I've never met before? Uh, it's Alfred. Do we just lie in a church? Anyway, this is all being recorded. We're putting this on the website. Anyway, are you excited to be in church? Of course I am, Jordan. Excellent. So, what was it, Alfred? Anyway, so Pastor Nathan, all I want you to do, my friend, is simply this. I want you to demonstrate for the audience here the functionality of this chest of drawers. Floor is yours. 
wheels on the bottom, making it easy to move around the office. It's very good. It's very important. Throw it at your workmate at another desk. So can you show me how I would use this if this was my chest of drawers? It's Dave's. Okay. You would, you would want to open this to put files in. This yep. Is Thank you. This is a filing drawer. Yep. And very important that you're able to open it fully. Can you uh, show the functionality? <laughs> how you going there, Chief? Yes, yep. All right, let's try another drawer then, so, shall we? So, in case that the most important filing drawer doesn't work, you're going to want to access it from the second drawer. And that, that works very well, but it doesn't go back in if you wanted to get, get that back in. So, so how, would you, how would you rate the functionality on a scale of 1 to 10? It's currently sitting about a 1. I mean, the, great, the you're very generous. Turns, which is great. Um, Follow your dreams. Maybe your dream is to open... Hey, put that back in. That, that's for the next sermon. Now, if you really want to, you can then pull out the whole... Let's just pause for a second, Pastor Nathan. Ladies and gentlemen, he has just busted my set of drawers. But bro, guess what? I'm going to sell them to you tonight. They're yours for $250. Give him a round of applause. He just bought some drawers. Would you like me to message your wife or would you like that honour? Nathan, I think we proved the point. Sit down. Give him a round of applause. So as we can see right there, this is not a testament to my poor building ability. This is a testament to me not being able to read the instructions. Because I didn't read the instructions, this set of drawers don't work. And I see you all going, oh, Pastor Geordie, it sucks that you don't have a set of drawers at work. Please, they're Dave's. Don't worry about it. They're not mine. <laughs> but do you want to know the real crazy part was when myself and Nathan were sitting in that room constructing office furniture? I had the instructions right next to me, but I kept going anyway. Imagine what would have happened if I read the instructions before I started building it. I would have. Thank you, Nathan. <laughs> hey, guess what I do now, buddy? So it's mine. <laughs> but the point I wanted to make with this example is this. Imagine if that before we got into a relationship, we actually opened up our Bible and read what it had to say about relationships. Imagine if before we bought something that we didn't need to buy, we opened up our Bible and read what it had to say about stewardship and money. Imagine if before we did anything in life, we opened up the set of instructions that is available to you and I. The Bible has never been easier to get than it is now for us. There is literally a website called BibleGateway.com that has such a wealth of things for you to research and look into. There is an incredible app called the Bible app, coincidentally enough. It is a free app. All you have to do is download it. But I can't open it. Only you can open it for yourselves. What I love about that Bible app is this. It's actually full of free devotions. Free is everyone's favourite word. But these free devotions are incredible for this point. They help you unpack the Bible. If you love me, show it by doing what I've told you. If I had read the instructions, that set of drawers would work. And for a lot of us in our life, we could have saved ourselves so much heartache by diving into God's Word. All we have to do is open the Bible. All we have to do. And while Pastor Dick was speaking on Wednesday night, he touched on a similar point. And my application for this point is this. Read Hebrews 11 this week. Hebrews 11. You could do it while you turn your phone off and you're having time with God. But just start by doing something and watch how your life will change. 
Watch how your relationship with God will grow and grow and grow. John 14, 15. If you love me, show it by doing what I've told you. I know this may be pretty heavy for some of you in this room and you may be going, man, who is this guy telling me what to do? But that's not my intention at all. These points are as much for me as they are for you and every other leader sitting in this room as well. I want to keep drawing closer and closer to God. So if I can spend time with him and I can know my word, man, imagine how much our lives would change. If you're, let's recap the first two points. Point number one was unplugged, spend time with God. Point number two was read the instructions, know your Bible. And my third and final point for tonight is this. Sometimes it's best to plug straight in, get connected with God. I might take this opportunity to invite the band back up if I could, please. Are these points resonating with you guys tonight? I want to reconnect with God. I want to keep connecting with Him daily. I don't want it to be something we only do on a Friday night, something we only do on a Sunday morning between the hours of 10 10 to 11.30. God wants to have a relationship with us. He wants us to reconnect with Him and connect with Him. And we have that opportunity. Sometimes it's best to plug straight in, get connected with God. John chapter 15 verse 5 reads, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you could do nothing. To get Wi-Fi on our phones, we need a receiver. We need a transmitter and we need a source. For apart from me, you could do nothing. Without God, you and I could do nothing of eternal significance. I mean, on earth, we can achieve some pretty rad things. We can get a nice big house, we can get a nice fancy car, we could be that guy or girl. But put that in the view of eternity and it's absolutely nothing to what our relationship with Christ could do. And whilst I was looking at Wi-Fi and preparing this sermon throughout the week, I had this question. I wonder what is faster, Wi-Fi or plugging straight into the source? Now, because we're a church, we're not going to take a bet for money. We're simply going to have a gentleman's agreement for bragging rights. So give me a wave right now if you think Wi-Fi be faster than plugging into the source gee no one's ambitious on that one so give me a wave if you think right now plugging into the source will be faster than wi-fi put your hand up right now sambo can we throw up that next slide please my man as you can see by a whopping 2.91 megabytes per second plugging into the source is in fact faster now before a few of you go man you're only getting 39 mega second let me tell you this, I grew up in the era of dial-up. When I got 48 kilobytes a second, I rejoiced because it meant I could download a single MP3 that would take about 10 to 15 minutes. The fact that I now live in the age that I do it, I can stream Netflix in 4K on my TV, it is simply mind-blowing. We are in the promised land. But I'm getting off track. But as you can see there, plugging into the source gives you a better connection. And that's not only because of faster internet speeds, but when you plug straight in, there's less chance of interference or getting bumped off the Wi-Fi. For some unknown strange reason that I can't answer, at this church on a Sunday, people seem to get bumped off the Wi-Fi because there's too many people on there, hashtag just saying. You go to do something, open Alvanto, and you've been bumped because someone else is on there. So if we could be real, that, that could be us in our relationship with Christ. 
We can get bumped away because we're not plugged in. We can get bumped away by our friends. I use this example. Think back to when those of you that were in youth group, how many times did you see a youth kid rock up to youth group? He was on fire. He was killing it. They were the first one down the front praying. They were coming to church all the time. They were connected in. Then all of a sudden something happens. They stop coming to youth as much. They walk away a little bit. Something else happened. The connection falters some more. And next minute they're not coming to church as much. And you watch as they get further and further away, the signal gets weaker and weaker and weaker and weaker. So the question I wanted to pose is this. Where are you connected into? Are you connected into church? Are you connected into a connect group, a community like this as well? We were made to be in a relationship. We were made to be connected somewhere. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you could do nothing. Let's think about a vine for a second. It has to be planted somewhere before it can grow. A vine has to be planted in fertile soil. And tonight, are we planted somewhere? Or are we just on the surface? Too afraid to put roots down and begin to grow. But as we heard from James tonight as well, there's no vulnerability when you connect with God. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. The final story that I wanted to share tonight with all of you is actually a story about how when I moved into mine and Talisha's place in Mernda, Mernda represent, of how we got the internet. Exciting or what? You know, four people are like, yeah, Geordie, go. So we signed, we, we signed up to Optus. We got a fetch box, which is awesome. So it means as I'm preaching to you right now, I am recording things on my fetch box for later. So I'm super excited. And it also came with ESPN, which is great for bragging rights to your little brother who's in the sports. And look, this is not a paid advertisement by Optus, but if they're listening, I'm just saying, give me a call. But anyway, one day in the mail, the fetch box arrived and the router was with it as well. And I was so excited. I thought, sweet. I'm going to have the internet. And you have to remember, this is before myself and Talisha were married. So Talisha was living with mum and dad. So I had nothing but time on my hands. So in short, I played a heck of a lot of Wolfenstein 2 and Doom on my Xbox. So anyway, I set up the router. The NBN guy had been the week before. So I read the instructions because I learnt after building that chest of drawer that that's a pretty important thing. I sat down, I fired up the TV and nothing. No connection. So I went back in, I unplugged it and I waited five minutes. I double checked the instructions and I walked back out and nothing, no connection. So I did what any man would do at this point. I got on my phone and I messaged the Optus tech support line they have in there and the bloke said, have you tried turning it on and off again? IT crowd reference for those paying attention. So I thought, great, still no internet. So at this point, I knew there was only one thing left to do. I had to call, go straight to the source. So I called up Optus and I got a real human. He said, oh, no worries at all. Something hasn't been connected on our end. There's no connection. You'll have internet in 12 hours. Sometimes it's easiest to go straight to the source. And tonight, you and I sitting in this room, we have the opportunity to do that because of what Christ did on the cross for you and I. We don't have to go through all these other things. We can go straight to the source, straight to the throne room, straight to God who loves you here tonight. So let's quickly recap our three points. Number one, unplug, spend time with God. Number two, read the instructions, know your Bible. And number three, sometimes it's best to plug straight in, get connected to God. 
Tonight, though, I didn't want us to just hear these points and go, sweet, another cool sermon. I've grabbed some notes now. I wonder what I'm going to get at Fat Stacks or what's going to be on TV by the time I get home. Tonight, I wanted to give people an opportunity to reconnect with God. A God that loves you so much that it says in Romans 5, 8, He died for you even when you were still a sinner. Tonight, there are those of us in this room, if we can be honest, that need to reconnect with God. We need a fresh revelation of His love, His grace. We need to refire up our connection with Christ. We'll be known by our presence. That's the theme of the church this year. But how can we have presence if we're not connected into the source? So right now, I never want to miss an opportunity, so I simply want people to bow their heads for privacy. Because in this moment, someone's life could change forever. So if you've never accepted God before as your Saviour, I'm simply going to ask a question. So is there anyone here tonight that knows in your heart of hearts you're not connected in somewhere? The second second question I wanted to pose tonight is this. Let's not miss an opportunity to reconnect with God. Let's not miss an opportunity to walk out of this place on fire, reconnect and let's spread that into our workplaces. Let's take that presence with us. Let's connect into the source tonight as well. And if you need a fresh revelation of God's love, I'm just going to ask you to stand up and I would love to pray with you. I would absolutely love to pray. If you know tonight that you're far away and you just need to reconnect back in. Thank you, Father. And tonight as we close, Lord, we just thank you so much that we can go straight to the source. That because of what you did on that cross for us, that you loved us so much that you just desired to have such a relationship with us that you sacrificed your son that we now can connect with you. And Lord, I pray this week we put a priority in our time with you. We put a priority on reconnecting with God. We pray a priority on making time for you, making space for you to speak. We pray right now, Father, for dreams to be rebirthed in this place tonight, for connections to be strengthened. I pray that out of this group of people here tonight, Father, so many other lives will be touched. So many other people will get to know the God who loves them so much because we chose to reconnect with you. We love you, Lord, so much. We really, really do. We thank you, Father. And tonight, I want to miss this opportunity. So we're going to stand up. We're going to worship. We're going to go out worshiping one last song. We're going to spend a moment with God. And I encourage you in this moment, listen to the whisper. Listen to the still, quiet, small voice. Let your Father who loves you so much speak to you right now. Thank you, Lord.